This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Guys, they did it again. Are they printing money in Tampa Bay? I think they are. How is this Tom, you, you wouldn't believe it was going to happen. I didn't believe uh, it was going to happen. I took in my mock draft a wide receiver for the Buccaneers because I thought they were just going to let him walk. Not the case. Our old buddy, our old pal, our old friend, number 84 <laughs> in your Pittsburgh Steelers book. What do they call those? Media books? Whatever they call them. I don't know. Sure. I, bu- I butchered that. Returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Antonio Brown on a one-year $3.1 million deal, according to Ian Rappaport. I think that $3.1 million is what he could make. Or no, that is what he makes. He could make up to $6.25 million after incentives. That, according to Sports Illustrated. So AB is back in Tampa Bay. Really the last piece of the getting the entire band back together in yeah. Tampa Bay as far as they've signed every single person that they'd have to sign. They put the franchise tag on Chris Godwin. They brought back playoff Lenny. Uh, they bring Antonio Brown back now. They're just finding money everywhere to bring all these guys back. They brought Indama Kong Su back for mm-hmm. another year on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's unbelievable. Is this because of Brady taking another pay cut that they were able to find all this room in the cap to make these work? I mean, that's the only thing I can really point to and and have any tangible effect on how they're able to do this because you're not supposed to be able to win a Super Bowl and bring everybody (laughs) back. That's the the point of the salary cap is supposed to be that you're supposed to have to shed like one or two guys. The only way that you'd be able to bring everybody back is if you win the Super Bowl while your quarterback's on his rookie deal. Not the case here. But again, Brady did take a pretty nice pay cut for that cap. He did, and he's done that for, you know, how long now? But, I mean— Yeah, it's clearly not just a New England thing for him. Right. It's, I a, mean, it's a team-first thing. He did it, it in New England, he did it in Tampa. And at this point in his career, why not? You know what I mean? You're still winning. But here's the other thing about Brady, and Madden points this out all the time. It's real easy to take pay cuts when your wife is a billionaire right. That's true. Supermodel. Your wife is richer she than is, you are, and you're the winningest— She yeah. literally runs a country, pretty much. You're the right. winningest quarterback in NFL history, one of the highest-paid guys ever like of when all he, athletes, and you're still the the less bread earner of the family. When he wins Super Bowls, it's hilarious to see the newspaper articles in Brazil. Giselle the headline husband. reads, Giselle husband wins record right. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got a different situation than the of average course, Joe, of no course. doubt. Like ben taking a pay cut is more significant because Absolutely. Ben is the primary bread earner in right. that family. No offense to Mrs. Roethlisberger, but right. I think she wouldn't oppose that no. that notion that I put forward. Whereas sure Giselle, not. if Brady stopped playing now, they're still making millions. Uh. No, uh, yeah, I mean it's crazy that um, that that is the the, the thing. So but, it's yeah. not like he's a superhero. No, I mean, the, the, his money's all right. Right, it is no doubt. Um, but again, I, I mean this, it's just crazy that the the, uh, the Bucks are bringing everybody back. And um, you know, two hours ago, Tom Pelissero tweeted that it's the deal's up, worth up to six point two five mil for AB. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know I, when me and you, Tom, we talked about it earlier. I thought it was just three point one fully guaranteed. And that was it. But again, six point two five mil for a guy that only played what six games last year or seven games last year, whatever it was. Um, I mean, that's pretty darn good. And, and oh, by the way, um, I mean, he could still play, folks. I mean, he, that's he's still the thing, really good. Though, like, yeah, he only played seven, eight, however many games last year, but he immediately showed you he could still. Do he's it. a great wide receiver. So league. does this sound like to you guys, Antonio Brown may? may be human, may have learned from his mistakes in Pittsburgh and said, it's not always about me. It's not always about the money. It's, it's about not the always team. about the money for sure. It's not. It's more about the team and winning because he realizes his best shot at winning is on this team that brought back everyone else before him 
including Tom Brady. And he was just the last piece to to kind of fall into place. And he said, well, if everyone else is coming back, I might as well come back. I don't care how much I get paid because this is my best shot at winning. Did A.B., has A.B. learned from a mistake? I never thought I would say that. Really quick, this is just funny that I just searched Antonio Brown on Twitter just to see the latest on, like, the the contracts and things like that. And this popped up. This is from UFC 261 over the weekend. Um, (laughs) It's a picture of Mike Evans, Tom Brady, Ryan Griffin, and Blaine Gabbert. They're all sitting together at UFC 250 or 261, right? And it says, you know, all those guys are together. And then it says Antonio Brown, he chose to sit next to Jake Paul. And it's a picture of him and Jake Paul next together. So to answer that question, I don't know if if he's a normal human being or that he's learned from his mistakes, but in this aspect, maybe so. Uh, I just thought that was funny, like looking at this picture of Antonio Brown and Jake Paul sitting next to to each other, just two just morons. But it it is funny. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, if you're you're A.B., I don't know if you really had – I mean, I'm sure other teams were 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 interested in you and trying to had bring to you in. Been. Had to have been. But I mean, why else would you leave there at that price? I mean, the Baltimore Ravens should have definitely been right, uh, and they might have. I don't know. Uh, he got less money than Juju. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. But he's still a better player. That's he's a far better. Player. That, that shows you how little he got paid. If he got paid less than Juju. Now, with the incentives, he could only be about a one point seven five yeah. million less than right. Juju. But with the fully guaranteed, he's like five million dollars less than Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster's salary for this season. And like Count said, he's still a far, far better wide receiver than him. And Jacob, that kind of leads me into what you were thinking about him potentially learning a lesson here. Uh I don't know if it was about the money per se, but it was definitely about the guy who's throwing him the football. Yeah. He clearly has some oh. big attachment to Tom Brady and some connection with Tom Brady, uh, which is weird because him and Ben were the best quarterback right. wide receiver yeah. tandem while they were playing in Pittsburgh in the entire NFL. They were the best uh, one-two punch at those positions. But there's obviously a respect that he has for Brady that he never really had for Ben, which is weird because Ben is, is an accomplished quarterback. He's got Absolutely. two Super Bowl, He had two Super Bowl rings on his finger when he shook your hand, Antonio Brown, and welcomed you to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And he got you to a Super Bowl in your rookie season. So it's not like Ben is falling short of accomplishments here. But just for whatever reason, Brown loves Brady and somehow just another <laughs> check in Brady's amazing toolbox. He's able to keep Antonio Brown in check. I mean, yeah. And I know he played one game for New England uh, a couple years ago and then immediately was gone because of the pending allegations off yeah. the field. That happened um, before he was brought in, obviously. Right, exactly. So, he caught a touchdown in the one game and yeah. then he was gone. Uh, Brady was adamant on him coming to Tampa, really yep. from the jump. Bruce Arians said that it would never happen. Well, it did happen, so we got a pretty good insight there <laughs> of who actually runs the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. Brady. But A.B. was – an I'm not even being exaggerating here. He was as quiet as a church mouse for the rest of the I, season. I didn't hear anything he didn't hear a from peep AB. from him. He yeah. was extremely well behaved. And honestly, I think when Tom Brady speaks, AB listens. And mm-hmm. that wasn't the case with Ben. And that wasn't the case with Derek Carr. No, it wasn't. I mean, I, I think that that's pretty easy to see. Um, and I think there's something to the idea. And, and this isn't a slight on Ben, but I think there's something to the fact that this is the best quarterback that AB's ever played with. Not to say that you know he, they would have you know done the same thing that him and Ben did. Well, or any wide receiver that plays with him can say that, right? You're absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're playing with the best quarterback to ever play. Maybe it's something that just clicked in AB's head. Like, 
you know, I better not screw this up. You know, I'm in a really good situation. Um, I don't know if he's thinking. Well, that gee, clearly. you wish you would have thought that in Pittsburgh. That's right. what I'm if saying, he guys. Up like, Pittsburgh, maybe think, they make another Super Bowl. Do you yeah. think one of the hits laid on to AB kind of got a gear turning that wasn't turning before, and he's actually able to learn from his mistakes? I mean, I just think he's in a really good situation, and and I mean, we thought he was crazy before, but you would be nuts to he's really also, screw this up. He's also from the Miami area, so he's yeah. a Florida guy. So now he's back in Florida. I'm sure he, lo- he loves warm weather because he spent time in L.A. or Florida mm-hmm. in the off seasons. So, you know, I'm sure he does feel a little bit more at home as well. I, I know yeah. it's not Miami, but it's still in the same state that he grew up in. And I don't, you know, and like you said, there's obviously a, a mutual respect between A.B. And, and, and Brady. You know, he made the point that, that A.B. loves Brady. I think you can make the point that there's a weird way in which Brady loves A.B. Why else would you continue to bring him in? Hell, A.B. lived with him last year. I mean, that that's nuts to me that he lived in, the, in, in, in Tom Brady's house. That's crazy. But... I don't know what it is. I mean, I think clearly, um, I mean, I think the easy thing to say is that, that AB's learned some sort of lesson. I mean, how else could we be at this point? You know, him taking less money, him not, you know, being a distraction. He has to have learned something. Something. Yeah. I don't know what, but it's upsetting. Do you think it has anything to do with actually it's Ben versus Brady in terms of being able to channel whatever is going on in AB's head and saying, I know how to teach this guy. Maybe Brady is just the the better teacher. I think that's yeah. I definitely think Brady is the better yeah. Teacher. I mean, I, I yeah, think he's the sure. best quarterback ever. Right, but it's about it's about not just being the better quarterback. It's about actually connecting with another person, and and he's a better leader. He's a better yeah. He's a better better leader. leader. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, another thing with AB, I think he's a very fringe Hall of Famer right now at this point. You know, I think I his off-the-field antics think, are what's keeping him fringe. I think if he was as quiet as a church mouse, he's a lock already. I think if he never had these issues with Pittsburgh, he would have been a lock. But I think he's on. thinking in his head, what's a good way to try to erase some of this brouhaha, this mishigash that I got into the past couple of seasons? If I can stack a couple Super Bowl rings on top of each other, on top of my incredible stats, and they can kind of separate my career into – Filled the stat sheet in Pittsburgh, won his Super Bowls in Tampa Bay. Maybe they, you know, skim over the off the field stuff a little bit, and that's my ticket to the gold jacket. Because yeah. don't get me wrong here, or, or don't get it twisted. A the Hall of Fame matters to Antonio Brown. Absolutely, I mean, it matters maybe to more than the Super Bowl, honestly. And I think maybe the Super Bowl is just looked at as a means for him to get to that green, that green jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a bleep <laughs> to get that that gold jacket? Excuse me. Because he is about A.B. And I know amount of Tom Brady's influence is going to change that at his deepest core. He's about A.B. He wants that A.B. bust right. in Canton. And mm-hmm. I still think he can get there. Oh, and yeah. I think as part of Bra- being with Brady helps him, taking less money, I think that factors into it, too, where he thinks he can stack another ring on top of last year's in right. Tampa Bay. And I think he thinks he can be more of a contributor towards this yep. one. Even though he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's the thing that I was going to say if you didn't, Tom, was that I think he believes that he's going to be a bigger factor. He's going to have a bigger role next year. And, I mean, it's already a crowded wide receiver room. We know that in Tampa Bay. I mean, they have Godwin. They have Mike Evans. You know what I mean? if you put Godwin or him in the slot now, it's mismatches all day, no Uh, matter who it is, Godwin or Brown. And I think the odd man out in in that wide receiver group is probably going to be Scotty Miller. Uh, AB is a who Brady huge loves upgrade, though. right? I mean, he's still going to be there. He's still going to play. But what I'm saying is, is that the three, you know, if you're in a three wide receiver set, 
um, are, are you going to put out Scotty Miller over Antonio Brown? No, of course not. It's going to be Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Who in the world, who in the league is going to slow that down? I think that's what you know it is for AB. While I, you know, I agree with you in the fact that the Hall of Fame matters to him, and, and this Super Bowl ring is just a cherry on top of that. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think he was a, a fringe. He probably, in my mind, was a Hall of Famer even without this, even without being in the Super Bowl, even without winning the oh, Super yeah. Bowl. I, I mean, think he was a Hall of Fame. Right before all the antics began, when he was on that trajectory of five years in a row, you know, 100-plus catches, however many yards, however many touchdowns, and was back-to-back-to-back-to-back, first-team All-Pro, right? At that point, you know, he was a French Hall of Famer. Once the antics came, that's what took him down. But even before all that, I thought he was there. I thought even though it wasn't the longest career to have that solid of a stretch, it's not, you know, a a two- or three-year stretch. It was a five-year stretch where Antonio Brown was by far and away the best receiver. You could say, oh, Julio was great, DeAndre Hopkins was great, and Hopkins didn't have a great quarterback until Deshaun Watson came in. doesn't matter. Antonio Brown, the things he was able to do and create on his own, were enough and to do it for at least five years I mean I think that's what was so impressive was that it wasn't just a one or two or three year stretch he did it over the course of half of a decade and had he not kind of threw everything in the garbage he would have continued to do that I mean I think when you saw Le'Veon Bell leave the team it became not just an Antonio Brown versus a Le'Veon Bell shared offense it was solely Antonio Brown's offense moving forward and his numbers could have gotten even better from what they they were already. So, yeah, I think he was a French Hall of Famer, but all the antics and the way he left Pittsburgh makes me think that I don't want him to be there just because I think he left in a much less mature way than Le'Veon Bell did. But now if if he shows real maturity here, if he can if he can stay quiet, make it not about him, ever and understand that yeah it's not going to be about the money it's going to be about winning if he could prove it to us that he's changed then I'll, I'll consider it allowing him to be in the hall of fame i just wish i didn't hate the guy so much that's what i'm saying i, I hate the guy but i, I love but guy. i love how he plays like i i'm like i legitimately i'm looking at some highlights of him right now on my computer from tampa bay like he's still so good he's still such a freak at running routes when he gets the ball in his hand he i think it's underrated what he can do after the catch he's that's so right, shifty yeah. But I hate the guy for what he did to Pittsburgh because I look at these highlights and I'm like, you should still be in the black and gold if you would have just shut up a little bit and just played football. Maybe he's doing that now at the latter. Whoa, maybe he's doing that now at the latter half of his career. Yeah, and, and good for him if he's able to figure it out. But you know, not good for him because he's kind of a scummy person off the field. So that's I'm, I get stuck between that rock and a hard place with him all the time. If there's going to be a year for the Diva antics to come back, though, it's this one. Yeah, he just signed another full year contract. He's going to play that's all fair. season long. And he's coming off of a Super Bowl ring in which he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. So his ego's got to be at an all-time high again. Yeah. Things are great in A.B.'s world. I know the money's not A.B. kind of money, but still, he's got to be feeling himself a little bit. So if there's ever going to be a chance for the Diva to come back out, it's now. I just don't think Tom Brady's going to let it happen. No, I don't either. I mean, it's it, – I don't think that he's going to allow A.B. to be the A.B. of old – um, I think I really do think that AB is turning a corner in that regard. I don't know if it's him or if it's Brady. Because if Brady's throwing the ball to someone else, how is AB going to throw a tantrum on the sideline to the goat? 
Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, that's a tough look for you, A.B. Yeah, I mean, and oh, by the way, he's this is the team that you won a Super Bowl with, your first Super Bowl and your only Super Bowl. Brady could literally turn to him and be like, you know you're here because of me, right? I like, th- I went into the front office and said, sign it. Bring me Brown. A.B. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. And not that, that Brady— Brown knows that. Maybe he's and, like, I can't screw with this guy because right. he's the one keeping he's me He's the employed. one keeping me here. Not that Brady maybe planned to blackmail A.B. in that way, but maybe in the back of his head that's exactly what he's doing. But the coach is on record saying he doesn't want you and right. has nothing to do with you. Right. And then four or five weeks later, lo and behold, here you are. Yeah. Connect the dots there. It's not very That's hard Brady to figure would have out. To say is be like, hey, buddy, I mean, you want to stop now? Or yeah. do I have to really spell out for you why you're here. Right. Exactly. I, I think there's I think that's maybe the bigger thing there. Uh, but again, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just it's tough because I look at. You know, I look at uh, I look at AB, and you guys said that you hate him, dude. I'm kind of just I just shrug my shoulders no, I'm now. I'm torn because I still love him as a player, but he's a scumbag. Oh, he's off not a good dude. I know that. What he did to the Steelers? How could you not? Like, right? I know. I hear you. Um, but like that, all these great things that he's doing right now for Tampa Bay and these highlights, he should have should have been, been here the past two seasons in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And oh, by the way. Who knows if you end up making the playoffs that year when Ben goes down, if you have an A.B. Now, it would have been a nightmare seeing A.B. deal with mm-hmm. Duck and Mason. Not even get into that. But <laughs> who knows what happens when you have that kind of a level yeah. of a talented player there. You. And who knows what happens this year when you have him out there. You know, maybe he helps stop that skid down the stretch because he has like a 200-yard game where he just explodes and he steals a win for you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you beat the Washington football team because they just have no answers for him. So – that's where you get the hate from me. Is yeah, he, he should have been here for the past couple. No, of I hear you. He, he forced himself out of Pittsburgh. It's not like Pittsburgh moved on. Like no. Stephen Nelson, he was the one that forced himself out. Right, I hear you. I mean, I, I know that that's what happened, and it's you know, it, it's kind of an unfortunate story. But uh, you know, for him and, and for the football player that he is, not the person that he is, uh, I think you know this could have a really happy ending for the football side of AB. Who knows off the field type stuff? But I mean, for the football player AB, he's. I mean, one of the best wide receivers. Hell, he's probably the best wide receiver I've ever seen play. And the fact that he's still doing it after, you know, all the craziness and he hasn't lost his mind yet, that's a testament. I don't know if it's to him, but it's definitely to somebody in the Tampa Bay organization. Probably Tom Brady. Probably Tom Brady, yeah. Before we wrap things up on this episode, let's look at some draft headline stuff. Uh, we talked about this team potentially moving out of the fourth pick uh, about a week or two ago on some of our episodes of Steelers Standard. You can check out all our episodes at Steelers.com. All of our podcasts live there. But we talked about the Falcons exploring options of moving back from the number four pick. But after that, some more trade rumors came out of Atlanta. Now, potentially Julio Jones is on the trading block for the Falcons, which that's something that shocked me a little bit. I thought Julio Jones was a Falcon for life. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we all thought. Would I mean, you we, ar- th- we would thought, you we argue- thought isn't it weird? We thought the top three receivers in the league, we thought A B could be a Steeler for life. Julio was going to be a Falcon for life, and DeAndre Hopkins was going to be a Texan for life. There's still a chance for Julio to be a Falcon for life. I guess but, so. But it's definitely looking less and less likely as the days march on. Uh Julio the face of the Atlanta Falcons franchise? Matt Ryan? It's probably Julio? Julio. It's probably Julio. And I'm talking overall, like throughout the entire history of the Falcons. Oh, well, then it's got to be Deion Sanders, no? I don't know, though, because Deion, you know, he's a Falcon. He bounced he around, Niner, but he was, he, was, he, he, he was the Falcon first. I guess if you want to call it like that. But see, I don't think of it like that because he bounced around. Julio's been there forever. The problem is there's no one you can definitively point to because they've never won a Super Bowl. 
You know what I mean? It's not like the fa- the Seahawks Russ Wilson thing where you could be like, oh yeah, it's Russ because he won the Super Bowl for them. If Julio and Matt Ryan end up winning that Super Bowl, then I think it's the debate between one of those yeah. two guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as it stands right now, Julio's the I don't know if he's the best player to ever play for a Fal- for the Falcons. Certainly top five, and I, I think he'd be the face of the franchise. I think trading him away would would hurt the fan base. Is what I'm trying to get at. I, I think that it's a move that, although it might not be a terrible move as far as the future of your franchise is concerned, you get a lot of capital back if you make the trade correctly and you get the value that he he costs from another team. But I just think the fan base, it would take a little bit for the fan base to get over something like that. You trade him yeah. out, Ryan, I think they'd get over it a little faster than trading a Julio Jones, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to, to move on. You know, if, if, if you are going to move on from, from Julio Jones, and apparently they're fielding, um, you know, questions about Julio Jones. They're field, I mean, that's trades. a first-round pick at the very minimum, right? Yeah, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. I mean, maybe, maybe two even. Yeah, I mean, maybe they give you an overhaul, and then maybe you give four and Julio for I don't know. I don't. I don't know how any of that's going to work. Now, but, if I'm another team, though, I'm saying he's 32 and he only played eight games last year. I'll give you one first-round pick, and ain't going to be That's what multiple. I mean. That's be the counter there if they yeah. ask for two first rounders, or maybe a I'd third. Like, okay, he's aging and he didn't play last year. Yeah. I'll give you a first and a third. Yeah, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I think more that's than that. fair. I, you know, I think that's a fair value. I think both for sides him. are fair. I think the Falcons got to come in and be like, "I want two first rounders." Yeah, and, and maybe it, a team will give it to you. You know, of I mean, course, that you never know. Right, uh, you might as well ask. Um, but if I'm the Falcons, right? I mean, I think yeah, I had them taking Justin Fields at four in one of our mocks. Um, if I'm the Falcons, right, and I'm fielding questions and I'm fielding trade offers and I'm looking to move Julio Jones, that tells me you're blowing everything up. I mean, that was kind of in mind when I took Justin Fields was these rumors. They haven't they weren't to this height right. yet, but there were some rumblings that they were looking to get rid of, of Julio Jones, move on from him. I mean, if you get rid of Julio Jones, you're probably going to get rid of Matt Ryan, too. You know what I mean? You're probably yeah. going to blow the whole thing up. So here, um, here's a question. It is fair to that. say, though, it's not like they'd be dead in the water at the wide receiver position. No, they wouldn't. Calvin right. Ridley had 1,374 yards last year. Here's a question the best beyond receivers that. In football. You know. Yes, they could get rid of Julio, and yes, they could get rid of Matt Ryan. Do they also then just say, well, we have this fourth overall pick, which is highly sought after. Do we also get rid of that and just bring in as many first-round picks as we can through this first round, through Matt Ryan, through Julio, and you kind of set yourself up like the Miami Dolphins did and just accumulate all these first-round picks in the future? Or do you trade Julio, get a first or maybe a couple first-round picks, maybe a first-round pick in this year's draft as well, and you take – you keep number four, and you take Jamar Chase or Ooh. Devontae Smith at number four. Then all of a sudden, you've got your replacement for Julio at a much cheaper cost for four years. But do you think also— Or even Kyle Pitts would fit that same mold almost. I would rather go Pitts. Have, Rid- than... have Ridley and Pitts as your two primary off- yeah, offensive options. That's a great offense. And then you know it's a deeper wide receiver class too, so, so why you, not get a get receiver in the yeah, second on the back end? Kind of yeah. be the second fiddle to Calvin Ridley. I mean— if you if you were to ask people, would you rather have Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? I think they would more often than not say Kyle Pitts. You know, though, the risk with Calvin Ridley is, I think he's more skilled he's more than of Juju. A second, but yeah, kind of guy. Same thing. Yeah. Can he step into Julio's role, or is Calvin Ridley who Calvin Ridley is because of Julio? But yeah. to be fair, Julio missed a lot of games last year, and who he knows? Did. Maybe Ridley's still at a thousand three hundred seventy four yards. Maybe <laughs> yeah. even though he's a tight end, maybe Kyle Pitts is Takes the number one guy, away. and he's. Still creates that room for Calvin Like Ridley. George Kittle is in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Clearly the number one guy Like there. Gronk was in New England. Clearly the number one yeah. guy there as far as their offenses were concerned. Uh, what makes the Chiefs so scary? Travis Kelsey? 
not the number one guy. Mm-hmm. That's how scary that freaking yeah, offense is. Right. Uh, they could have, they could have no they could have neither Kelsey nor Tyreek Hill just have Pat Mahomes and they'd still, still be okay probably too. be at least an eleven and six team or whatever how many games they're freaking playing in this league this year. Finally, before we wrap things up, that Niners pick is the one that I think everybody is looking at in the first round tomorrow night uh, with great attention to detail. I think you know the Jets taking Wilson at two and the Jags taking Lawrence at one. Yeah. Foregone conclusions. I think tomorrow night when we turn on the draft, the real drama starts. You know, draft starts around eight, first pick, whatever. Real drama is going to start around eight fifteen when the Niners are on the clock because yeah. there's just so many ways they can. Is it they, possible they, they could take all just... three of the other quarterbacks available? I think if they take Mac Jones, there's going to be explosions around the country. And I'm just confused as to why media. yesterday or not yesterday, our last last time doing this show, you guys didn't follow that. Like everyone projecting. The Niners should take Mac Jones. What What did you guys see? I've that- been seeing the Niners taking Justin Fields lately. I've been seeing the Niners taking Trey Lance lately. I it's, I don't think that anybody really has a great idea here of what's going to happen. And I think that what's p- happening, Jacob, is that all three of us are seeing different, different experts things. pick okay. different things. Fair. And I think yeah. that that just goes to show you what I'm trying to illustrate here with the level of attention that people are going to be paying to this number three pick because it's just so far up in the air where the experts have nailed the one and the two and the one was easier than the two, but they really were able to nail down Zach Wilson to the jets. They have not been able to definitively nail it down. And yeah, Jacob, I think a week ago it was the approach and gaining steam towards it's Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones. When Kuiper and McShay both had Mac Jones, I think that was the first sign people were going to be like, okay, it's Jones. Like it's a done deal. But as it's progressed, it's, you hear Fields, you right. hear you hear Shanahan talking to Fields' coach Ryan Day from Ohio State. Ryan right. Day giving a ton of confidence in Justin Fields. You hear Trey Lance as a mobile option. Uh, people on the Niners Reddit page I saw was going crazy at the 49ers, just begging them to pick either Fields or Lance. Please don't pick a non-mobile quarterback yeah. in Mac Jones. So the Niners world and I think the football world is ready to explode based on who's going to get picked in that number three spot. I think it's Trey Lance right now. Yeah. Jacob thinks it's Mac Jones. You think it's I Trey Lance, Lance right now. So the only guy that we've left out there is Justin Fields. And you know what? It's tough too. Like if you're Justin Fields, like I was listening um, to Good Morning Football yesterday. Um, Great show. And uh, was Kyle Brandt was talking about Justin Great Fields. Guy. I almost um, said Kyle Trask. I almost said Kyle Trask too, <laughs> to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I mean, he was saying like, where you know, it's tough for him because where is the negative in Justin Fields? You know what I mean? And um, it, it, you know, it, ask Darylowski. Darylowski apparently is the insider with all but the. But Kellen's right. It is a little odd how Fields was when yeah. he played. Lawrence in the semifinal. It was just Fields and day. It was yeah. Lawrence and Fields, one, yeah. two. Yeah. And Fields lit it up with a hurt shoulder. Right. So everybody was like, whoa, Fields maybe even pushing Lawrence for the number one. Maybe. I thought that was ridiculous back then. Yeah. But the talk was there. Yeah. And yet, as time has progressed from that point, he's only, he's only dropped. Yeah. That's it's a little wild. weird. It is. And I mean, you feel bad for a guy like that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that it's going, I don't think they're going to, the Niners are going to take him at three. Um, but at the same time, if they did, it, it's still a dynamic quarterback. I it just, if you're the 49ers and you are trading all the way up to three, I don't know how you can justify taking Mac Jones over any one of the three, you know, any one of the other three quarterbacks. I don't know either, but that's the beauty of the draft is yeah. that whatever people say, you know, every team has a different opinion on a guy. Well, what's really the beauty about it is that we'll find out tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. We're finally Finally. This, oh, my this God. This episode is over. We will talk to you on our next episode. 
which will be a full draft recap. So make sure you tune into all three of those next episodes. We'll be so coming we, in right we will after. We'll be coming it, in right, right it'll, after. It it'll ends. go live the night of the draft being finished on Saturday night, and we will have full reaction to the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds of the NFL draft. Talking about the Steelers pick, talking about any shocking picks that the was made around the NFL, any big trades that happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you tune into that. Catch up on all of our draft coverage at Steelers.com, though, where you can find all of our Steelers standard podcasts. Thank you, as always, for listening to those. Make sure you download and subscribe on Apple or Spotify as well. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. We will talk to you on our draft recap episodes. Until then, thanks, as always, for listening.